Everyone, Warren Hayes here once again with another G131 climax of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. Can I do that again? Hello everyone, Warren Hayes here once again with another recap of nights uh, 11 and 12 of New Japan's G1 Climax 31. Much better. Uh, I, uh, I am glad to be here once again talk about all the the goings on in regards to uh in regards to the, the the biggest tournament of the year coming out of coming out of Japan on an annual basis uh I don't know what to let's why don't we just get to it uh, we're in you know these officially from this point on now that uh, night 12 is closed we're in the final third of the tournament we're already there and it feels like it flew by this year like there's there there's years where you're like man I mean yeah you know there it just keeps going and going and going and you're like maybe because I'm not waking up like at 3 a.m. to watch them all the time anymore <laughs> that could be that could be the thing as well making it feel like it's not as invasive huge and it's like oh. uh but uh, yeah we are in the final stretch here. So we can already start uh, talking about uh, eliminations. People are not going to make it. Whose tournaments is is, is effectively done? Uh, we got a few of those, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. Going to start by talking about night eleven block A action that occurred on October seven. We had the opener being Tongaloa versus Kota Ibushi. This, by the way. Uh, on the prelim matches you had, um, I, I know like I don't want to, you know, I don't spend much time talking about the prelim matches. I talked about this before, but uh, we did have Kenta uh, who was slated to main event this uh, show here uh, with uh, Tetsuya Naito. So he instead opened the show with his, I guess his consolation match. I don't know if you want to call it what you want to call it. Um, Hiromo Takahashi. Our boy Hiromu and Kenta, fun little match. You can check it out. I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, not a Hiromu pace of match, just so you know. It was a very much a Kenta pace. But it, it lasted for a while, a good 20-some minutes. And, uh, and the fact that it lasted so long, it had an impact on the lengths of some of the actual matches in um who were the, uh, the actual block matches that we had so look let's keep let's keep the the flow going here let's go get get right to it Tongaloa defeated Kota Ibushi uh to uh no sorry it's the opposite what am I talking about Kota Ibushi <laughs> def defeated Tongaloa what am I talking about um yeah you know the uh, Tongaloa early on in the match starts beating Ibushi up on the floor has him eat a spear a slam on the apron back in the ring hits a standing moonsault on Kota Ibushi which was really cool it's an exploder suplex both guys trade forearms back and forth and eventually Ibushi knocks him down with a flying kick hits a spinning power slam and the springboard moonsault there's a blue thunder bomb by Tongaloa as well uh Tongaloa powers through a reverse Kamagoye and nails one of his own, which was cool. He hits a German suplex, but Ibushi bounces back up with one of his own, 
Then there's a poison Rana right after that by Tongaloa. And uh, Ibushi goes to answer that with uh, with one of his own, with a poison Rana of his own. And he just whiffs it. Like, I mean, completely and utterly whiffs it. Just a, something you don't see Kota Ibushi do much. But it was pretty, pretty bad. And uh, Tongaloa sold it. <laughs> um. Anyway, Bamaye attempt is uh, countered by a spear again by Tongaloa. Ibushi counters out of the ape shit with a tombstone and hits the Kamagoya for the win. Outside of that r- stunning botch, <laughs> this was a solid match. And this has been the story of Tongaloa's tournament. Um, I mean, this is going well. <laughs> I'll get to that. Well, no, I'll talk about it now. I mean, you know, I think I might since I'm into it, I'll, you know, just in case I I, I don't I, I I don't remember because here the thing is that Tongaloa his his tournament has been very very sharp. Like he wrestled in ways that we haven't seen him necessarily wrestle before. We've seen flashes of it, but you're in the G1, man. You're a center stage. You're wrestling. Uh, you're wrestling. Uh, if you know. If not every other night, then close, you know, every other night, every other night and close to anyway. Look, this was very, very good. His tournament has been very, very good. But I'll tell you, the story of the G1 Climax 31 will be the performances from the, and I'm doing air quotes here, under guys who... You know, who you just ex- expect to just like lay down, take some pins. But no, we've seen incredible, very strong performances by by the likes of uh, Tongaloa, Chase Owens, Tama Tonga. You're like, you know, guys that you're all expecting that they're, they're just going to lay down all the time. You know, Yoshihashi, that is a particularly good match. We're going to talk about it. Or no? Or did we already talk? No, we already talked about it. His match was Goto. Yeah, that was on the last recap. It's all blending together now, folks. My brain. It's all coming. To, it's all turning into one big pudding. But that was really good. It was really, really. Um, it was really strong. Uh, a strong showing by, uh, by all. Uh, a strong showing by the under. Uh, by the under guys that's the one thing that's going to be the story of the g of the g131 when you start looking for positives out of this right because it it would not necessarily easy to watch on occasion zach saber jr defeated yujiro takahashi the tokyo beam uh this was not great Got some low blow attempts by uh, by Yujiro, you know, who's clearly clearly he feels like he's you know outclassed here. Um, low blow attempt early on, uh, but uh, Saber stops the arm and immediately starts to twist it. Then again, a little later on, he tries another low blow. Yujiro does, and Saber he, he tries with the leg, but uh, Saber picks the leg, and then just like. Fought, uh, and then you know Yujiro's in trouble at this point on uh, Yujiro finally gets the upper hand by 
biting Zack Sabre Jr.'s toes? And like through the boot? Okay. And then there's, you know, there's ref distractions. Peter distracts the ref as Yujiro cracks his cane around uh, across uh, Sabre's head. Yujiro walks him over. Zaka boys the fisherman's buster. Starts cranking on the left arm. Yujiro hits a slob drop and a fisherman's buster. Then he finally gets that an Olympic slam as well. Yujiro hits the the pimp juice. Uh, he and uh, he tries to wrap it up by uh, going into getting Saber into the big juice, but Saber uh, Saber reverses out of that by. I'm gonna try and explain it in the best possible way. Hammer locking the left arm. Then locking his legs around Yujiro's neck. We're all we're on we're on the mat here. And Yujiro taps. Again, like something just pulled out of nowhere. Zack Saber Jr. decided to call this move the Tesco value meal. <laughs> He's just Chris Charlton said it, and I agree. He's just taking the piss with these finisher names now moving forward. He's just like, I'll twist the guy. And then I'll come up with something. Tesco, a uh, a, a a nationwide, a national uh, 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 um, supermarket chain in the UK. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Tesco value meal. And apparently, they tried to sponsor. Zack Sabre Jr. They sort of reached out. Uh, there, there was a Twitter thing, just a little back and forth. It was like, you know. Hey, Zach Super Jr., what do you think? Sponsorship. And I don't know if Zach accepted it. Doesn't, I don't think, mm, I don't think he was, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to quite jive with Saber's um, mantra overall. So Zach Super Jr. gets another two points. Uh, and you know what? I'm talking about the workers who, you know, the under guys who worked really, really hard. I think I will create an exception here. For Yujiro, because he look he I, he had a an extraordinarily good first night because he he overcame he overcame uh, um, the uh, Kota Ibushi on night one in a big shocker, and he had a really good night three. But then I think like from that point on, he's just been mailing it in. It's, he's slowing everything down, just like he did here. Anyway, Junior. Stay in control, got the win. But as far as as far as you know, all the you know the the under guys working really really hard, I'd say Yujiro is the asterisk here. Well, we got Dan from Pro Wrestling Eve in the chat. It's a true story. I'm the legit reason why Yoshihashi ditched the Loose Explosion nickname. There's a story you can send me in your DMs, Dan. In our DMs, that'd be I'd like to hear that one. <laughs> and a Tesco value meal, and Dan is British. Sandwich, packet of crisps or fruit, and a drink for three three pounds thirty. Thirty pence, right? Three thirty. That's a that, that does sound like that would equivalent to what, seven bucks? Something like that? Seven fifty? How about? And I know it wasn't a real sponsorship. I know. It 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 just made me made me giggle to think that you know. 
Hey, Zach, you want to sponsor Tesco? Zach's like, no. <laughs> um, and we got Shingo Takagi defeating Toru Yano. Again, this is about uh, five bucks. Okay. Uh, this, uh, again, is about, uh, you know, it. it's all about do you like Toru, match, Toru Yano matches or not? Yeah, I enjoy them. And, and I'll tell you, I this is this is how I like Yano. And I, you know, I've mentioned it a couple of times on the main show. You know, the 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 whole King of Pro Wrestling gimmick, I think it just it it pushes Yano a little too much into always like this forced kind of silliness. Whereas when you get Yano in this environment where especially in a, in a tournament environment like this, where you know you expect him to compete and play by the rules. Then when he starts pulling out his nonsense, then it, it, then it's charming, it's fun, it's a, it's a you know a little distraction from from the rest of the proceedings. Whereas the king of pro wrestling, it's so ham fisted and you know it's just too much in your face, and it it lacks that uh, it lacks that little that little finesse, you know. Zeus King, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. This is a good stream. Um, so Yano has his bag, you know, where he puts his things in and, and, and there's a bag inside his bag here and he wants Shingo to put it, the bag over his head. They want to have a, uh, they want to have a blindfold match. He's, he's proposing a blindfold match to, to Shingo. He says, look, I'll put the bag over my head. You put the bag over your head. So Shingo, meaning, you know, a good guy puts the bag over his head. Now I'm like, Shingo, you're not new to New Japan. You're not new to wrestling. What the hell are you doing, pal? Yano is not going to, you know, because you know what happens then. Shingo puts the bag on the head. Like, you and me know. Shingo puts the bag on the head. Yano takes his bag off, tries to roll him up for, 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 uh, for a quick win. And, of course, it doesn't work. And then Shingo's like, motherfucker. It's all on you, Shingo. We knew better. On the floor, Yano starts spraying hand sanitizer in the bag, then puts it back on Shingo's head. He tosses Shingo under the ring. And Shingo comes back out and he's confused because of all the fumes, I guess. Barely makes it to, to the 20 count before getting back into the ring. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Um, Yano takes off the pads. There's some... Turnbuckle pad fencing and uh, Shingo knocks him down with a lariat, another lariat and some set and a senton as well. There's actually some some wrestling in this Yano match and uh, probably the most amount of wrestling from all of Yano's matches in the tournament. Yano hits a low blow that almost puts Shingo away, but uh, Shingo hits a pumping bomber, a sliding D and last of the dragon. And that's another two points for the champ. I thought this was, you know, I, I look, I'm, a, I'm in the crowd that enjoy Yano matches. I like Yano. I think it's, I think he's fun. I like, I like when my wrestling is fun. I like having fun. Like wrestlers in WWE, right? They like having fun. They like to have fun. <laughs> and then we get the main event, which ruled. Tomohiro Ishii defeated the Great Okan. Guess what? This was extremely physical. I know, right? Wild. Uh, it was really good. 
Ishii gets tossed around on the outside. Uh, and uh, Great Okan works his uh, his right arm. His right arm was already in a bad spot. Ishii's arm, of course. They both have some really great strong spots against each other. Uh, you know, Ishii in the Ishii in the Tree of Woe. He gets uh, a basement drop kick uh, in the in the face for his uh, for just hanging out there. They strike at each other a lot. Strong style and Great Okan really leans into. Ishii strikes like he's like he's daring him to knock him out and Ishii is no slouch right and of course he's gonna he's he's going to go for that kind of challenge right he's gonna jump right in he's gonna be like hey you know what I'm doing this I'm gonna knock you knock you down son but no Great O'Connor is just standing there and he's like he's taking and you know just screaming at each other in this guttural Japanese you know it's awesome Final stretch gets rather intense. There's a gourd buster by Gret Okan as he struggles back from being struck down by a relentless Ishii. Ishii fats out of an, uh, an eliminator. He hits a German suplex on Gret Okan. Gret Okan comes back with a bicycle kick. Ishii fights out of another eliminator. And he wallops Gret Okan with a huge lariat. And hits the brain buster. The vertical brain buster. And he holds Great Okan there for a, a, an extra two to three seconds. Just to be like, look, look at what I can do. Great Okan is not a small dude. They wouldn't call him Great Okan. They'd call him Diminutive Okan. And then the gimmick wouldn't work as well. Because you, you, no one would be afraid of someone called Diminutive Okan. Who would do that? Bad booking. Bad creative. Don't let me go off on a tangent here, folks. <laughs> this was, uh, this this really rocked. This was a solid, fantastic main event. Kind of, a, this is the kind of recommendation that I would give out to you and say, look, if, if your time is limited and, you know, you just want to see some good stuff out of the G1, this is one that you zero in on. You can skip the rest of the evening. There wasn't anything really special. You know, Loa versus Kodobushi was... Very, very strong. Like, oh, it was a strong match. Yujiro versus Zack Sabre Jr., completely skippable. Shingo and Yano, completely skippable. But Tomohiro Ishii and Great Okan, though. Write that down. Uh, take a little post-it and put it on your fridge. That's a good one. You're not going to be blown away. It's not It's not match of the year. You're not going to be, like, adding this on your list for the end of the year. I, uh, I, I won't. I don't want to tell you guys what to do, but I mean, what I'm saying is don't ex don't expect to go into this match thinking, hey, Warren gave this a, an extremely high recommendation. I'm giving you a, a high, enthusiastic recommendation, but I mean, it's not like, it's not like what I told you guys, uh, you know, Shingo Takagi versus Z uh, uh, um, Will Ospreay earlier this year was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. That's, that's something else. All right, let's just we'll keep it on the level. But do check this out. Two huge guys. It was all about who can hit harder and who can endure it more. It's not a fast-paced match, you know, it's a, but it's not it's I wouldn't call it slow. But every this, it, 
you know, sometimes you'll see a match go fly by you so fast and be like, nothing was wasted, not emotion was wasted. And we usually reserve those comments for fast-paced matches where you're like, look at all this stuff going on. Look at all these holds here. This is this is the still, I think this is applicable here nonetheless. No motions were wasted. No movement was just just happened. Everything was methodical. Everything was well planned out. This was a good wrestling match. Very strong. Check it out. Night 12, which was today, October 10, on the day we're recording this. Yoshihashi defeated Tamatanga. This is a, a compelling, hard-fought match from two guys who are effectively eliminated from the tournament, though. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? But, uh, you know, you'd swear that still they're still jockeying for position here because this was a very, very hard-worked match. Really good back and forth here as both guys try to hit power moves on each other. Tamatanga hits a stinger splash. They work in and out of moves until finally uh, 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 Tama hits a Tongan twist, the rolling DVD, and then the angel dive as well. Uh, he goes for a gun stun and gets ba- um, countered by a backstabber. Uh, Yoshihashi hits a Kumagoroshi uh, and covers uh, Tama. He gets the, a razor thin 2.9, which was, I thought, I, I popped. I thought he had got him, but no. The dragon suplex, Yoshihashi ducks out of some gun stun attempts, finally gets it with karma. Again, like, just the night before, you've got Yujiro going through the motions. And then we come on to night 12 on the curtain jerker. Two guys who are eliminated. Uh, like, like, technically, there's no reason for this match to happen. No reason to watch it. They can't, there's no, they, 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 they can't, they're not even going to act as spoilers here. Um... And, and they're working hard as hell. Yoshihashi, is this, it's been his thing as well. And Tamatanga, uh, I think, has surprised a lot of critics or a lot of doubters, myself included. It's, uh, it, it was really, he was, he's explosive. Uh, he's crisp, fast. That's his thing. Like for a guy his size, and I kept talking about I think that the the term I used most uh, to describe Tamatanga matches throughout this entire tournament is explosive. I think that's the the adjective I've used the most. It was good. It was good, and another good showing by Yoshihashi. COVID nineteen coinc- coinciding with the Yoshihashi push. Coincidence? I think not. Says Zeus King. Probably, like they probably, but. I think that last year they did decide to give him give him a give him a, a a little more shine, give him a chance. But you know what? It's paying off because longtime viewers of of my and listeners of my stuff will know that you know I like to goof on Yoshihashi. I think he looks uh, you know, a little dopey. I think he you know he's uh, he he tries a little too hard and so on and so forth. But. You know his his work in the uh, in the New Japan Cup last year, I thought was surprisingly good, and I he's been he's been one of their most consistent workers throughout this entire pandemic as far as quality goes. And this G one, you, you cannot contradict 
how good he has been. He had one of the best matches of the tournament with Hiroki Goto two nights ago. On night 10. So, and, I mean, and, and at the same time, we have to get, is this a push? Is this a push? He's got the, he's one third of the never open weight six man title champions, six man tag champion. Is that, do you consider that a push? I don't. <laughs> I don't. Because I, I, I don't consider that they're pushing uh, uh, Hiroki Goto as well. I think they're, you know, I think they're being used well. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if over the course maybe of 2022, we start seeing Yoshihashi getting some big ass wins and maybe start to have his stock raised. Good match. By the way, night 12, I think you should sit down and watch it. It was a good time. Hiroki Goto defeated Chase Owens. First time that these two ever fought in a singles match. Fun. And Chase Owens cut fresh off his surprise, shocking, uh, world-shattering victory over Hiroshi Tanahashi. Comes right out the gate with a shotgun drop kick. Dives on Goto on the outside. Missile drop a kick. Like, he's he's not waiting around. He's not doing, you know, no... Uh, no sizing the other guy up. He's like, no, nah, I'm I'm in this to win this. His tournament was done. His tournament was done. By uh, last, uh, he wasn't going to catch up by by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, not with only one win, but he's still going strong. He, he does this snapmare where he rolls through the snapmare into a last shot. Good shit. Owens, but at some point he, he has to he gives uh, some of it up. Uh, Goto hits a back body drop uh, on Owens on the apron, which was pretty gnarly. They trade some strikes until Owens takes him down with a back elbow. Owens denies a Yushiguroshi and instead nails a V trigger, or as he likes to call them a C trigger. Goto wiggles out of a package power driver attempt into the Yushiguroshi position, but instead transitions into the GTR for the win. Now, Goto's like, Yushikiroshi, now nah, let's just end this. Quomp. I got nothing to say about this match. Nothing wrong. Nothing bad. Thought it was well, it, it was a strong professional wrestling match. Chase Owens worked hard as hell again. And here's another guy whose stock has gone up in this tournament. Hiroki Goto, fantastic. Perfect opponent here. Uh, I love the pace. I love the pace. It felt desperate. Goto was taken off his game. Goto likes to, you know, size his guys up and don't take his time. Owens is like, eh, eh, ain't having none of that. Just mortared through him. So Goto had to keep up with Chase's match here. Fantastic stuff. I loved it. The wily veteran, Hiroki Goto. The G in G1 stands for goose egg? <laughs> no, Goto has two points. He's got four points now. Jeff Cobb defeated Sonata here. Um, Sonata hits a flying senton off the apron then asks for the audience to applaud because that's his thing. Instead of trying to win a match, he's going to take a good 30, 35 seconds, leave his opponent enough time to regain consciousness as he goes around going, 
He tries to lit. You know, if if they ever decided to turn Sonata heel, and you had Sonata do this to the audience, that would be great heel heat right there. Uh, Sonata back in the ring tries to lift Cobb. Can't do it. Tries again. Cobb shifts his weight and just splats him. And Cobb starts to toy with Sonata during this part of the match. Some backbreakers. He hits a couple of backbreakers and just like tosses Sonata aside like he's junk. We're on the floor. Uh, Sonata goes for the Piscato and uh, Jeff Cobb catches him. Tosses him on the floor. Back in the ring does the standing moonsault. Will I ever tire of seeing Jeff Cobb perform a standing moonsault? I think not. There's some uh, back and forth. There, uh, uh, There's some back and forth in and out of moves here. Get a tour of the islands that gets reversed into a skull end into the Oklahoma Stampede and then back into a skull end. That was fun. Sloppy Sonata pops his... Uh, Sort of pops his evil grin face back into the into the show here. He sloppies up an O'Connor roll. There's a springboard moonsault by Sonata that is caught by a standing Jeff Cobb, who just who catches him and then just like yeah, just shifts him around in his arms. Last the tour of the islands. Boom! He's done. Cobb is a beast and again you see look have you been listening to me have you been paying attention what i've been telling you jeff cobb they're positioning him as a beast as a monster who can bulldoze through anything that was one thing that was it but what was the other thing i was saying i was telling you pay attention look at what they're doing tour the islands building as a move that he can that he can pull out from any circumstance like he can just like uh, short arm you. He can just do it from a standing position. And look, he catches a guy in the air and he's like, no. Nah. And he just flips him around and hits the hits his finisher. Cobb is dangerous. This is what New Japan is trying to tell you with his series of matches in this G1. He is undefeated. He has been crushing everyone. And his finisher, his finisher's been popping out of anywhere. He can just do it out of anywhere. Why, hello there, Chris and Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah, getting the nuggies. Get them nugs. Uh, evil defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. There's not much to talk about in this match. Like as far as there's not much to talk about in this match in regards to, um, in regards to wrestling in and about itself. Cause this was not about a wrestling match. You know, Kevin Kelly said at the start of the match, for the past 100 years, wrestling has been a story, one persistent story, one of good versus evil, and you couldn't have one more uh, clear on that than Hiroshi Tanahashi versus a guy whose name is literally evil. Um, anyway, this was 
This was establishing, this was giving evil a dirty win on one of the top guys in the company to sow the seeds of doubt in regards to how this block is going to finish. Titana tries to wrestle a straight up match, but it spills out onto the floor, of course. We get almost, almost immediately a, a, a ref distraction. So Evil works Tanahashi's knees with a chair. Evil stays in control when Tanahashi tries to verse it with eye pokes and hair pulls. Tanahashi tries to skin the cat at some point. Togo, Togo takes advantage of Evil distracting the ref to punch Tanahashi. They do the timekeeper table gimmick. They try to do the thing where Evil does the sharpshooter on the floor. Very close to the 20 seconds. Tanahashi goes to get in. Dick Togo drags him back out. Yeah, all that stuff. Exposed turnbuckles. Um, nothing but chicanery throughout this match. Tana at some point hits a high fly, high fly flow on Evil's back, locks in the cloverleaf. The ref gets pulled out of the ring by Dick Togo. Evil is tapping. We get the visual submission, but the ref isn't there. Togo then gets put into the cloverleaf. Tana fights back on a two-on-one, fighting both guys off. He everything is, he hits everything is evil on Togo. But it's a low blow from Evil. But then Tanahashi's like, I'm sick of you bastards. And he himself low blows evil. It's like, fuck you. I can do this too. There's another ref bump, which allows evil to clock him across the head with the IWGP US title. He hits everything is evil, drags the ref over, gets the count of three. Dirty win for evil. Now, don't kid yourselves. I told you. I, just when we started, uh, when I started talking here. The idea here is to set doubt in the minds of everyone watching the G1. Be like, you know what? If evil can screw himself into a win over Hiroshi Tanahashi, one of the top guys, uh, he can do it to anyone at this point. And this is literally what this match was for. It's to establish, it's to... We're heading into the final third, the denouement of the climax this year, of the G1. We're literally heading into the climax. And this is this is what we're this is what we're we're this is the story we're gonna tell for the third act. Evil is going to do anything and everything to secure wins. Because he's up there. He's in the double digits now. He's at 10. We'll break down the blocks in a second. And in the main event, another solid, solid, fun, good main event. Kazuchika Okada defeated Tai Chi. We have DDTs on the floor. Tai Chi slamming Kazuchika Okada into the barricades and then he's pulling the mat off of the protective mat off the floor and he's DDTing with Kata right directly flat on the floor. Back in the ring, Taichi's in control, uses chokeholds. 
Okada gets pelted with those kicks and then Inziguri. So those great, great Tai Chi kicks. Money clip by Okada, of which Tai Chi struggles out of. He avoids a rainmaker and uh, the tombstone and hits a glorious super kick on Okada. Right on the button. They trade some kicks with each other. Taiji is really laying in on the kicks. He's absolutely beast mode. Okada reverses out of Black Mephisto just to get a, uh, only to get a sit down pin attempt by Okada, of which he kicks out of, of course. Taiji lands the dangerous suplex, hits the axe bomber, and but he runs into a super kick and the spinning tombstone. A little later, Taiji gets a ghetto clutch, locked in, almost gets the three count. His sumo, char- his sumo charge is countered into the landslide and a rainmaker. I'm not doing this match justice just by running through the, the notes I took. This was a this was a great main event. G1 level, guys working hard, a guy like Tai Chi, proving people like me wrong. And he's He's better than what he he himself ever led on, if you ask me. It's not even a question of what we thought. I, 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 you know, I feel Tai Chi has always been the kind of guy who's, you know, never really put the work in until it, until, like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a serious push this time. This was a very, very, very good one. I got excited. Great stuff towards the end. And Tai Chi can go. The problem with Tai Chi, look, if it had been anyone else than fully reformed and devastatingly awesome Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada, uh, Tai Chi would have had one this in the bag. Okada's just too strong. This is his tournament to lose. Fantastic main event. Look, night 12, treat yourself to a nice evening of wrestling. I'm recording this during, when I'm recording this right now, we're live. It's at this very point here. It's 8, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Monday, Friday night SmackDown has started. Uh, We're probably still having Roman Reigns at this point chit-chatting. You know, if you want, skip Raw. uh, you can skip Raw to skip SmackDown tonight. Treat yourself to a great night of pro wrestling, a tight two and a half hours of wrestling, courtesy of the G1 Climax Night 12 B Block action. You're going to enjoy yourself. You're just going to enjoy yourself. Don't you like enjoying yourself? There's nothing bad on this show. But I mean, look, you can argue that. The Tanahashi evil stuff was what it was. I mean, there, it, this was not about the wrestling, but it was not about the wrestling. It's about the story. So if you want to skip that, you can skip it. But if you want to see how they're positioning evil for his last matches, uh, please take a look because this is going to make sense within the next three matches. So as it stands, if we take a look at the standings right here uh, on the right side of your screen... Block A has Zack Sabre Jr. and Kota Ibushi tied for 10 points apiece 
at the top of the at the top of the uh, leaderboard. And let's not forget that Zack Sabre Jr. is the only guy who fought for all his points. He did not benefit from the Naito bump. Uh, Kenta, Great Okan, Shingo, Tomohiro Ishii and, uh, are all at uh, 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 8 points. Yano Rap, uh, is uh, at the bottom at 6. And Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp! Tangaloa and Tetsuya, well, we knew Tetsuya Naito was already eliminated, but uh, Yujiro and Tangaloa are officially eliminated, um, depending on the results of what's going to happen on night 14, there is a strong possibility that Yano might be the next guy to be eliminated, in fact, there's going to be a couple of people who are going to be eliminated after night 14 here, um, in that uh, that cluster of uh, of 8 points right there, they're not all going to make it. They're definitely not all going to. They're not. Uh, they're not all going to make it. Let's take a look at who's, uh, what, what we have left here. Uh, Zack Saber. No, excuse me. Ibushi. Let's start with Ibushi. He has Great Okan and Kenta left. Um, which, look, I, I think, I, I think Great Okan's run is done. I think he, uh, as it stands, well, who does he have left? Because he has. A, he has a very heavy uh, back end of, to- of the tournament here. Um, he's got Kota Ibushi and he's got Shingo. He's got Shingo Takagi. So the, the odds of Great Okan scoring more points here are low. I would argue that Ibushi and Shingo are favorites in both of those matches. So Great Okan, I think his, his tournament is... It's going to stop at eight points. I don't want to say he's eliminated because mathematically he still has a very good chance to win. But as it stands, uh, even if he were to uh, win some more matches and tie with Zack Sabre Jr., for instance, he's already fought Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. has the, the tiebreaker on him. So it's not looking good for Great Okan, who has had a very good tournament. Kota Ibushi, as we said, has Great Okan and Kenta left. Technically speaking, these again are two guys that he should be able to defeat. I think he's a favorite in both cases. I think the only thing that can make a difference here is Kenta sometimes can go either way. So at best, Kota Ibushi scores two more points, finishes at 14. Kenta on his end... Has Ibushi, of course, left. He has, um, yeah, he has uh, Ibushi left. Tongaloa and Zack Sabre Jr. left. Um, I think it, he has a very heavy-handed final uh, final stretch as well. I don't think he's going to be scoring six points to wrap up his tournament, I don't think he's going to make it to 14. I think he, uh, I don't think he's going to defeat Zack Sabre Jr. Although, that could be, a, that could be a, a surprise way to go about it. He's definitely going to defeat Tongaloa, uh, and Ibushi can go either way. So, to me, I think, worst case scenario, he scores two points. Best case scenario, he, score, he scores four. I think at best he's at 12. I don't think he's going to be a factor. Although he could potentially act as a spoiler for either Kota Ibushi 
or Zack Sabre Jr. Because causing a causing a loss to either of those two guys who are in the lead right now could spend spell the end of the uh, the the end of the tournament for them. They could end up uh, not winning the block because they are very well positioned to win the block right now. Tangalo is officially uh, eliminated. We'll just skip over that. Um, Saber, Zach Saber Jr. On his end, he has Kenta. Just talked about it. He has Tongaloa. That should be a win for him as well. And he's got Yano. That should be a win as well. So I think his worst case scenario is he ends up kind of like Kota Ibushi with uh, his worst case scenario is that he ends up with 14 points. Best case, he's got 16, which is a better scenario than what Kota Ibushi is staring down right now. Zabushi staring down Great Okan and Kenta. Like the maximum, all he can do here is, is score. The best he can do is score 14 points. If if Saber scores, if Saber wins all of his last three matches, he's good. He's he's good as gold. And even, even if he ties with Kodabushi, Saber has the has the um the tiebreaker. So even if they end up tied. Zack Sabre Jr. has to lose at least two matches and Kota Ibushi has to win his next two for Kota to have a chance to win the block. That's how it's going to go. Now, don't sleep on Shingo, who is currently just hanging out in the back there with eight points. But he's on an uptick. He's, he's coming up here and he does it and he has a light end of block he's got great okan great okan is probably his his most significant competition then again shingo is still in my opinion heavily favored here so to me that's two points there he's got tongaloa that's another two points there and he's got yujiro takahashi the tokyo beam and that's another two points there if we're so he has the potential to get up to 14 as well. Now, the problem is that he lost to both Ibushi and Saber. So they have, they both have tiebreakers on top of them. So his best case scenario is winning his next three matches. Zack Saber Jr. loses two. And Kota Ibushi loses one. Those are his, those, that's his, that's the best case scenario for Shingo moving forward. Tommy Ishii as well is in a good position here. He's got two matches left under his belt. And two easy ones at that, ones that he should be able to win. Yujiro and uh, Yano. Although Yano, Yano surprised Ishii in the past. And here's another guy who could end up with 12 points. And he has the tiebreaker with, uh, with Zack. But Ibushi has the tiebreaker on him. Shingo has the tiebreaker on him. Kenta has the tiebreaker on him. Like, the odds are not in our boy Tommy's... Um, they're, 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 
the, the, the odds aren't in, in, in Tommy Ishii's favor for this one. Possible, still mathematically possible. The three guys have a tiebreaker on him. He needs two points and he needs everyone else to start losing their matches. And he has no control over those because all he has left is uh, is uh, Yujiro and Yano. Let's see what happens. And Well, Yano has six points right now and he has three matches left. He has Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr. and Yujiro. I mean, it's it's... He could win all six, go up to 12, but I don't think so. I think I think by the time we talk to each other uh, on uh, on uh, the next night, and we do this next week, I think Yano will be officially eliminated. So Block A right now has still a lot of possibilities, a lot of what-ifs. It's looking like it's going to be between Saber and Ibushi. And all signs point to Saber having a very uh, have uh, all signs point to to Saber having a a successful end of tournament with wins over Kenta, Loa, Yano. I think I think it's not improbable. And don't forget, don't forget, Zach has tiebreakers over. Shingo over Great Okan uh, over Ibushi. He's in a good, he is in the best position to win Block A. And why wouldn't he? Tournament form, Zack Sabre Jr. He was glorious. I don't know if he felt like he had to pick up the slack because Naito wasn't there. I don't know if this was the plan all along. I don't know, but he has been brilliant. Block B, it's a little more cut and dry. You've really got three guys vying for the top spot right now. Jeff Cobb, Kazuchika Okada, and Evil. Jeff Cobb and Okada are at the top at 12 points. Evil has 10. Hiroshi Tanahashi is at 6. And the rest of the field has all been eliminated. Taichi, Sonata, Goto, Yoshihashi, Chase Owens, Tamatanga. All mathematically impossible for them to make it to, to win the block. So they will all be spoilers at this point. Um, Jeff Cobb, like I, like you said, he's, he, he got through, um, uh, he got through, uh, uh, Sonata, which was one of his, which is the start of his perilous end of tournament because as his, uh, his tournament was, it was very lightly stacked right up to now. And now he's getting the main eventers. He's getting the, the the tippy top guys. What's up, Machine? Nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. He's got Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's got Kazuchika Okada. He's got Evil. And all guys who technically are still in the running. Tanahashi's on the verge. But mathematically speaking, he could. there's a possibility still for him to be in this. I said it at the start, and I'm gonna. I'm staying down this track. They are setting Jeff. They are setting Jeff Cobb up to be the final boss for Kazuchika Okada at the end of this. At the end of Block B, with Kazuchika Okada going over. 
and going to the finals. That's still what I think what they're going to do. So I see him defeating Evil, defeating Okada, uh, defeating Evil, defeating Tanahashi, but losing to Kazuchika Okada on the final night of the G1. That's how I see it so far. Because Cobb has... Uh, Cobb has destroyed everyone here. He hasn't lost a match. Kazuchika Okada is in the same boat. Hasn't lost a match. He's looking great. Top shape. Who does he have left? Jeff Cobb, Chase Owens, and Tamatanga. I think Okada, realistically, is going to finish the tournament with 18 points. I think he's going to have a perfect G1. I think they sowed the seeds of, of doubt with having Chase Owens uh, defeating Tanahashi out of nowhere earlier this week. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna repeat that. He got his win, he got his two points, he's on the board, he got a big win. But he's gonna be he I, I think he's gonna be served to Okada and that'll be fine. Tamatanga, I think same thing. But he served up to Okada, got, had a nice performance during the G1, got his win, let's move on. I don't think realistically Okada gets knocked out. I really don't. Now, Evil, I mentioned this. There's a reason why this match, why this, this victory with Tanahashi is so meaningful. They want to establish the fact that from this point on, in this final chapter, the third act of the G131, they want to establish the fact that Evil can sneak out a win off of any of these top guys that he has left to face. And he has Jeff Cobb left to face, Hiroki Goto, and Sanada, his old partner. I think it stands to reason that he can get a win over Sanada and Goto, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think worst case scenario, Evil feels finishes up block B with 14 points. And as much as my prediction, my thoughts is that Jeff Cobb is going to plow through him, I would not be surprised if Evil gets the upset win, the surprise victory. We're due for one. We're going to be due for one by the time we get to, uh, by the time we get to uh, Evil and Cobb. Then Evil all of a sudden gets an extra, uh, an extra, an extra two points. Finishes the block with 16. but still loses because he has the tiebreaker to Okada. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do it because Okada ha already has the tiebreaker on Evil. If there was if that was still up in the air, I think that's what they do. But I don't buy it. I think you want to lean into the drama of having Jeff Cobb 
the invincible Jeff Cobb versus the immovable object, um, Kazuchika Okada. Maybe I should have inverted those two. Uh, Jeff Cobb comes across more as an, an immovable object, whereas, you know, invincible, you could give that just about to anyone. Who is invincible, of course. So Okada, to me, and Jeff Cobb is still the way to go. Because that's the point. It's like, at this point, even if Evil defeats Jeff Cobb, he's not winning the block. And that doesn't quite make it as compelling. Now, even if, and we, we've touched on, on the situation thanks to Chris Samza, who said, um, who said, what if Evil defeats Jeff Cobb and Jeff Cobb defeats Okada? Then what happens? And I should have done my research because it just, it, just, it just popped into my mind. I didn't have it on my notes. What happens because then evil has the uh, evil has the, uh, the the law finish with the same amount of points. Let's say they finish with all three the same amount of points. Um, evil has the tiebreaker on Cobb, but Cobb has the tiebreaker on Okada, and Okada has the tiebreaker on Evil. So Chris Samza was like, they'll do a triple threat. Maybe that's what we're staring down. But they won't do a triple threat because there's another level and I'm trying to remember what the rules were because there is another, um, I don't think there's been a, another precedent, but then you go down further into the matches to find other tie-breaking tie situations because then you go down to, I don't quite remember, but that we... This is something that we had researched a while ago when I was doing other G1 predictions. And I don't think that, I don't think it's going to happen. Because the triple threats are not part and parcel in New Japan. They're extremely rare and they're a little frowned upon. Because New Japan likes its one-on-ones. Especially for their big matches. Particularly for their big matches. And like Machine pointed out in the chat, the Okada versus Cobb rivalry is developing beautifully. Why would you fuck around with that? Now, the only reason why I'd figure you want to fuck around with this is because you want to get evil over as a big threat, right? Remember the reports I was talking about on the uh, on the mainstream on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, that Dick Togo was negotiating, was trying to get Shingo to drop the title to Evil before the G1, but then pick the title back up in time for um, for Wrestle Kingdom because they wanted to establish the House of Torture as, you know, a main event threat, so you need the big title kind of thing. Gato shut that down. What if this is some kind of compromise here where it's like, yeah, we're going to establish that the House of Torture is a big deal by having the House of Tor Torture fuck around with everyone's matches. And then come out, come out on top and win the block. I still, I, but I still don't see the, I still don't see them, uh, I don't still don't see Evil winning the block. It's highly improbable, but not impossible. 
Machine says, if evil beats Cobb, I cancel my internet. Not just New Japan World. The internet. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be super interesting. And I think Tanahashi, despite the fact that he's mathematically still in this, I think he's persona non grata because uh, I think he's losing to Cobb. Uh, you know, he'll he, he'll probably pick up a win on Taichi. Yoshihashi probably have some very good matches with all three of those fellas. But I mean, this is it, right? This I, I don't think. Like his worst, his best case scenario right now is scoring six points, bringing him up to twelve, and hoping that no one else goes over twelve points. Like I think effectively, as opposed to officially, his tournament is done. We'll see. But as it stands, what's coming up on the next two nights? We're going to uh, tomorrow, Saturday, October nine, for some A block action. Uh, it's Tomohiro Ishii's night off, and he's going to be fighting Hiromu Takahashi. That should be a blast. Hello, DGMC. Welcome to the chat. Um, as for the actual block matches, this is where we're getting the Zack Sabre Jr. Kenta match. This is going to be a big one. This is going to be huge. This is really going to give us the picture as to how block A is going to wrangle itself up. If Sabre wins against Kenta tomorrow, I think it's. I think he's clinched it. I think that's... That means Zack Sabre Jr. is is the master of block A for this tournament. Uh, Toriyano versus Yujiro Takahashi. The Tokyo Beam! Shingo, Taka, Shingo, Shingo Takagi, I was going to call him Shingo Takahashi. There, 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 there just goes my fan fiction. Just right out there into the open. Into the universe. Shingo Takagi versus Tangaloa. And Kota Ibushi versus Great... Okan, another big match for Ibushi here. One that has implications for the rest of the tournament as well. Let's not forget, uh, Ibushi still has Kenta to deal with. If he can go through Great Okan, he's still alive. If if Saber lose wins and Ibushi loses tomorrow, I think I, I think this one is in the bag for Saber. But if Kenta uh, but if Ibushi wins and Sabre loses, we we can still talk about this. There's It's still very much up in the air. So we'll see what happens. Well, that should be a lot of fun. Otherwise, uh, Block B, the second night after that, uh, that's going to be happening on October 12th. We're going to have Taichi versus Tamatanga. We're going to have Yoshihashi versus Sanada. Kazuchika Okada versus Chase Owens. And that should be part of those easy two points. That easy two-point run for Okada. Hiroki Goto versus Evil is going to be one we want to keep an eye on. And one of the big ones, Jeff Cobb versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Not only should the match be a lot of fun, but it should be, uh, it's going to be uh, doubly interesting uh, in regards to um, in regards to results, the results of Block B. If Jeff Cobb wants to make sure that he gets to the final, he has to lock this one in. He absolutely has to lock this one in. And there we have it, folks. I'm going to lock this one in. I'm going to go catch the rest of SmackDown. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got, we, we've got Wheeler Yuta and Alex Shelley happening on uh, IWTV right now in the un Untitled show. And then later on this evening, we're getting... Daniel Garcia versus Minoru Suzuki. What do you think I'm doing? 
Gonna go watch eight minutes of Roman Reigns talking. What are you talking about? Thank you everyone for joining me. I will be back then on um, uh, after uh, the next night of uh, Block B. Therefore, on Tuesday, October 12th, I'll be back with another recap, breaking down the last uh, the uh, the next two nights of action. I want to thank everyone for joining me live tonight. I want to thank everyone watching on their on demand whenever you can. Appreciate a great deal. We'll see you next time.